0: DW Deutsche Welle.
1: Pulse. Hello and welcome to Pulse. I'm Jessie Wingard in Bonn, Germany. We have lots to cram into the show, so let's not waste any time. We go with our gut in South Africa and get cravings for fermented foods. Girls in one of the biggest slums are coding and building smartphone apps... And we meet a German rapper who's just returned from Africa. All that and more coming up on this jam-packed edition of Pulse. There's almost no corner you can turn in South Africa's most famous city, Cape Town, without bumping into beautiful people with toned bodies. And the places they go to fill their food cravings are equally cool and widely spread over the city. Our reporter Kerstin Vetter met a passionate entrepreneur who not only owes his life to fermented foods, but dedicated it to spreading the knowledge as far as he can, in let's say, a very sexy way.
2: How are we do it? Oh, I'm doing sexy
3: so
0: What? Did this waiter just say he's doing sexy? Must be part of the corporate identity here at Sexy Foods. All wood, plants and natural tones. In fact, there's a lot of see-through things here, mostly jars. In them, a wide range of colourful cabbages, sauces, juices. At least that's what I'm assuming they are. James Caper would say it's the essential must-haves for every fridge, the ultimate food condimenting. He's the owner of Sexy Foods, wearing a shirt with cacti on it and offering spiky opinions about fermented foods being a trend.
4: All the kimchi that I'm seeing in the restaurants when I taste them, they're just a pickled vegetable. It's not concentrating on the bacteria content. A fermented product is not just a fermented product. If you've been put off sauerkraut, it's probably because you've eaten the wrong sauerkraut. I don't believe that you can be put off fermented foods. I mean, if you tasted a good miso, I mean, how can you not like a good cultured miso? It's just so beautiful.
0: James loves bacteria, the good ones, those who keep our gut flora in balance and make us radiate well-being and, well, sexiness. That's why he named his restaurant like this, seeing that there's not a single plate going out without heaps of cultured stuff on it. The products, about four euro a jar, are kept in a giant cooling chamber, and the menu lists dishes which are beyond organic, all naturally probiotic. I get a favorite, the bunless burger.
4: So here we have, on the side I've got a little bit of extra original sauerkraut, then I've got the sexy biotic sauce, then we've got the turmeric mustard, cultured. Then we have just some zoodle cucumber. Underneath is the turmeric kraut. Then we have our kimchi pate, a little bit of avo, and just some leafy greens. Sunflower sprinkles on the side.
0: James is adamant, everything you eat here makes you healthier and helps you get back a balanced ecosystem in your guts the so, krauts and sprouts and kimchis are driven in daily from a specialized farm 2 hours away where they are fermented with the help of good and unpolluted strains of bacteria which don't occur in the city anymore James learned all about those processes and their medicinal benefits from people in the alternative health scene out of necessity he says because with 17 when he was a professional cricketer he was diagnosed with cancer
4: so cancer of the lymph glands and i went through a lot of chemotherapy And then the cancer came back and my body hadn't recovered from all the chemotherapy. So I went on a mission for seven years, go through all the different types of things in the health cuisine. But nothing made as big an impact as the probiotics in food. I really felt a massive difference. The fatigue went away, all my heartburn. All of these foods very much soothed all the pipes. And then they got the ecosystem back, and now I live on the, on the bacteria because I constantly am refueling it till I get to the stage that it's naturally looking after itself.
0: His customers don't know about this very serious story. They range from school kids to food-conscious hipsters to grannies in need of a dose of vitamins. Or curious tourists from overseas, like Sarah and Clara.
5: I'm not a vegetarian. I kind of eat everything, but I do want to eat healthy and so it's great that there are so many restaurants here in Cape Town that have it and I don't know I looked at the menu and it's just very unique and
0: um. have you ever had anything fermented like the crowds and kimchi oh that's fermentation I didn't know actually
6: Uh, I think it's nice because I heard it's really healthy and it's something we used to do a long time ago and we kind of lost and it's coming back
0: Indeed, fermented foods have been around for centuries. Veggies needed to be preserved before there were fridges. Especially the Eastern and Northern European countries have a long tradition of fermenting. And rightly so, says Dr. Yashin Singh. He's a medical doctor from Cape Town, specialising in plant-based medicine and nutrition. He's all pro-fermented foods as a way to ease the plight of our modern-day tummies because in fermentation, microorganisms like yeasts or bacteria pre-digest our food for us. You're building on a relationship with a secondary organism that is already inherited within your body. I mean, you've got more bacterial cells in your colon than you have human cells in your body. The process of fermentation also produces waste products, but the waste products from certain bacteria are actually beneficial for us. They support our immune system, so you have a twofold benefit from using fermentation. At Sexy Foods, the tourists have almost finished their first purely probiotic meal.
5: So how is the food, just to ask? Oh, it's delicious. Uh-huh. So the the kraut, I was a little bit nervous about ordering it, because my mom used to make me eat it, and it was really gross, but this is so delicious. <laughs>
3: Actually, I don't know what I'm eating right now, most of the things, but I'm loving it.
0: Yeah, it's really good. And it's quite different from what you eat usually of vegetarian food. It's a bit bitter, I don't know. (laughs) No, it's hard to describe.
6: You have to to try.
0: (laughs) That's exactly what owner James Caper wants. His customers to be convinced by the taste of his products and not by the theory of being medicinal food. He's come a long way from being very ill to experimenting with different health trends to making a living by selling the food which helped him. His next plans? Writing a book about fermented foods and expanding the business into the townships, where people tend to eat poorly and get sick from it. The future of cultured foods to him seems as bright as he feels every day.
4: I would have been doing this if it wasn't trendy, but it just so happens to be that everyone's guts are taking so much strain I feel so good on it that uh, I call it supreme sobriety, as if you are, I don't know, on some sort of a a sustainable drug that never ever has any dips.
0: For DW, this is Kerstin Welter from Cape Town, South Africa.
1: And before you're up and about to storm the restaurant our reporter has just been in you might have to wait a little bit. Our health food hero is taking a break but will reopen his restaurant in Musenberg, Surfer's Paradise, just 20 minutes from Cape Town. Check out Sexy Foods on Facebook for updates. And if you know of a young person or group of young people who are taking the world by storm, get in contact with us. We'd love to hear about them. Head to DW Africa on Facebook and leave us a message.
7: How about- Uchaza, keep Baba.
1: To India now, where there are relatively few women working in the sciences or engineering. And even fewer who have grown up in the slums who are able to get into these fields. But one man in Mumbai is trying to change that. Chavi Sachdeev went to investigate.
2: If there is a boy and a girl, it's the boy who gets the best of the things. And the girl is kind of left out. So I wanted to challenge that status quo.
6: To give girls more of a fighting chance in education, in making life decisions, Navneet Rajan has taught more than 150 girls in Dharavi, the largest slum in Asia, to code in his after-school program. The program, called Slum Innovation, teaches teenage girls to create their own mobile apps for social change. There's no real address for the slum innovation center instead I'm told to come near this get off near that look for the school it's near the hospital and call me when you reach at which point two boys aged 12 and 14 come running up to me and lead me up a curving slope ducking left into a tiny opening between two buildings made of metal sheets we go down narrow slippery dirty steps to a small room about midway down It's not pretty or large, but there are about 28 kids of varying ages working on desks with old monitors and computers, as well as kids with laptops sitting on the floor and sofas. This is where the after-school program happens, though the center's doors are open from 9 in the morning until 11 at night. Various tutors come and conduct lessons in all subjects, from English to maths, for more than 100 school kids every day. This is also where Navneet Rajan teaches girls to code. He started with just 12 girls three years ago. Zaberi Ansari is one of the first girls who learned how to code with Navneet using open-source app-making tools from MIT. The 15-year-old created an app aimed at cleaning up garbage that is abundant in the slum.
5: My app is called Clean and Green. It has four features. One is a community drive to gather everyone together to help with a clean-up. We have geo-tagging, so users can take a photo and send it with the location to the government office. And messaging, to text the municipality and request a clean-up when the rubbish piles get too big. We also have a tab to let people know the dangers of letting trash pile up. How diseases spread, how it can impact work and productivity, how much it can cost people every time they fall sick. All this
6: information about how cleaning up garbage can impact health. Each of the girls first started with basic coding and playing puzzles, eventually graduating to full coding and designing mobile apps. The other girls' apps also aimed to solve problems within their slum, like safety and access to water. And Navneet was learning as he taught them. He's not a developer or coder or even an engineer, he's actually a filmmaker. He visited this community in 2012 and made a documentary called Dharavi Diary. But, as he tells me, though the documentary won awards and went to film festivals, nothing changed on the ground. So, in January 2014, he quit his job to focus on slum innovation, after-school tutoring programs for the community's kids. But even that, he said, didn't seem enough. What could he do that would boost their confidence and make them ready for real life? He saw that even in the slum, most houses had at least one smartphone. What he wanted was something...
2: Very uh, innovative and very out-of-the-box, and it is real-time. They can see that in next six months or seven months, they will see the impact of what they create. So I thought of what if they design mobile apps through open-source platform of MIT App Inventor.
6: The first three months were very challenging. The families were suspicious of his motivations. They were worried about what impact it would have on their daughters. Some of the mothers even attended the program to make sure it was above board. His persistence paid off, though. The Slum Innovation Coding Project recently won a Google Rise Award for using the methodology of STEAM, science, technology, education, arts and mathematics, to empower these young women. Zaberi says being in the slum innovation program has changed her life.
5: At first I used to get scolded for spending so much time at the centre. They wanted me to come home at 8pm. I was hanging around with boys. Girls get told these things. My mother was concerned about my safety. Come back early. Don't stay out too late, she said. And she wanted me to help in the house. But what can I do? My homework was getting harder and I needed the tutoring, so I just took the scolding. It's
6: about my grades after all. Eventually, the hard work showed in their school report cards and Zabiri's mother and the other mothers came around. And even if the girls don't become developers there is no denying the impact of this kind of learning
2: so the ultimate aim of this program is give them skill sets critical thinking so they can eventually become change maker in their own capacity and try to question the status quo in their family in the community and in urban planning and or in different structure wherever they go so they should gain that much of confidence that they can make their life better is not it it's working, I could say, because some of them have taken, like they were about to be married and she told, no, I, I need to study, I need to do something before I get married and stuff like that. They have intervened in domestic violence cases. Their dad used to throw plates on mother and they have seen in their own, so they have stopped that in their own family. So that's what... In terms of their confidence level and stuff like that, I've seen in real time that it's working.
6: One of the girls' apps is currently on the Android Play Store, while the others are in prototype mode. Navneet and his team of volunteers have approached tech companies for a cloud-based server, and they're also trying to line up jobs and internships for the girls who finish school. The program has funding for two more years and in this time, they also want to set up a mobile lab that travels to different parts of Mumbai, giving more girls access to science and technology learning.
2: They need push support and somebody to say, "Okay, things will get better, you just need to keep doing it.
6: The girls credit Navneet with everything. They tell me they have more confidence, they're more engaged in school, they can understand the applications of their science theory classes and most important of all... They have hopes for their futures. Zaberi explains happily.
5: I thank God I met Navneet sir and got this opportunity. If I hadn't come here, I don't think I'd even be able to speak like this to you. After I finish school, I want to do well and go to a good college. I want to study more computer science and improve my English. And then I want to be a teacher. Chavi Sachdev for DW, Mumbai.
1: Rap artist Materia is a big name in his home country of Germany. The Rostock-born rapper headed for South Africa to shoot videos for his new album, Roswell. The music video for the song Aliens is a pretty amazing sci-fi-themed experience. DW's pop export caught up with Materia back on home soil.
7: (laughs) A German rapper throwing money around in South Africa. A critique of materialism a la Materia. The single Das Geld muss weg or Money Has to Go is the second title to be released from the forthcoming album Roswell.
3: This album is also really out there. With one or two exceptions, you can really dance to it. These songs with fat beats are good for partying. What's really special is that you can also include a message. The one doesn't rule out the other.
7: The rapper didn't just shoot a video in South Africa, but an entire film. Antimateria is due to go online before the album release. The action movie and the album share a common theme, aliens.
3: Area 51 becomes Marteria 51 and Roswell becomes Rostock. The entire record was inspired by this image. It's not only about the crazy aliens and the way out spaceships, but about perfectly ordinary people. It's a bit men in black, a bit about outsiders, people who feel the world doesn't understand them.
7: Back in 2010, Marteria had his breakthrough with the album Zum Glück in die Zukunft, which went gold.
3: I'm inspired by so many diverse, multifaceted, wide ranging influences that you can't really label my music as Hip Hop. It can't be pigeonholed. It won't fit into those musical categories. This Spartendenken von Musik einfach nicht reinpasst.
7: But Marteria has now come up with a new record and tour concept too. You'll be playing clubs rather than mega venues, just like in 2009.
3: There were some great gimmicks. One example was in the venue Kufa in Krefeld. Back then we sold about 90 tickets with our fantastic eight-seater bus. It was mega. We sold so few tickets that we played in the foyer, and this time around we're playing in the foyer too. It's great.
7: The club tour sold out in just 60 seconds. Materia fans know just when to throw their money around.
1: And that brings us to the end of this edition of Pulse. We hope you've enjoyed the show and we'd love to hear your feedback. Head to DW Africa on Facebook and leave us a message. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another packed edition of Pulse. I'm Jessie Wingard from all of us here at DW. Have a wonderful week ahead.
7: back.